What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Zoom Light, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than, than by the power of virtual conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Joining me online, once again, Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing? What is up, Caleb? How are you? It looks like you're in Jerusalem, bud. It's a sunny day in Jerusalem. Absolutely. <laughs> the lovely virtual background is in full effect. Figured it was relevant for this conversation. Oh, yeah. So. That's good. That's very good. Uh, joining us once again, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? Sleepy, but I'm well. Yeah, sleepy, but well. That's very good. That's, that's, that's the quarantine feeling. Put that on a t-shirt for me. Well, did the thunderstorms last night wake you guys up? I didn't hear them last night. I just know midday yesterday, complete downpour. Oh, yeah. Well, in the middle of the night, there was huge thunderstorm, lightning, the whole works. Good grief. Yeah. You're yeah. kind of out there in the boonies, though. It's, it's possible you got something and we didn't. You know what I mean? This the valley. <laughs> um, and then joining us for the first time. Wow, this is exciting. Uh, Pastor of Biblical Education, Don Den Hartog. Don, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks. Good, good. Are you excited to be here on your first ever sermon spotlight? My, I'm I'm uh, very honored. Very <laughs> it's good to have you. I'm sorry we're not in a podcast booth. I had to tell Dennis the same thing last week. Um, you got to do what you got to do. Unfortunately, we can't be together in person, but this is a close second. It's great so, to be with you. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so, guys, but before we jump into uh, talking about the sermon this weekend, I'd love to just do a brief uh, quarantine check-in. You know, how how are things in your in your homes with your families amidst amidst the chaos? I know it's been good for for me and my family to kind of watch the watch the sermons online together um, and and you know enjoy each other's company a little bit. Mark, how how have things been for you the past week? Things are good, but I got to turn it back around on you for a quick second because, yeah. you know, I have two kids and they do the the Zoom youth meetings as well, in which I think you're part of yeah. at least some of those with those kids. And I heard something very interesting that your movie preference, your movie preference were romantic comedies. Is that something so, that you shared with youth? And can you explain yourself? That my, is very <laughs> unique. You may get sound like this was the topic of our youth group. That's not the case at all. Okay. Uh, you know, that's the takeaway. The, 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 so. <laughs> romantic comedy is a, is a wonderful genre of movie, okay? It's an emotional roller coaster, but there's intentionality okay. in it. And it's also funny. Okay, so. Living. Is that, is that, you, was that, oh, you, this was. That suits you better than action adventure or, uh, you yeah. know, superhero movies or. Oh, for sure. And this, this was Pierce's okay. takeaway, wasn't it? When he was in my group? Yes. Yes. Of course. I figured. Okay. It was. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was my first step. Yeah. How do romantic comedies fit in with Star Wars? And they don't. That's the thing. Um, so it's kind of like my favorite movie series. It, it, I'm all over the place, but that's so funny. Yeah. The youth group Zooms have been beautiful chaos, I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then, so that was, that was point number one that I had uh -huh. for you. And then point number two I had for you with, with your quarantine status. I see social media postings and your snake wrangling. Is, is that a real thing? Like yes. I need a story behind that picture of sure. holding a big fatty snake. <laughs> yeah, I caught a snake uh, two days ago. Uh, my dad taught me to catch snakes when I was like very, very young. We own land down in Remington and we see snakes all the time. So it's like flying a kite upside down. You just grab it by the tail, wiggle it around a little bit, stick a stick on it or something, pressure toward the head, and then you can hold that thing and it's rendered useless. There's a spiritual component to that too, by the way. It's, it's very symbolic. 
Um, I, I'm confused. I need some more explanation. I'll teach you how to catch a snake. Are you... <laughs> you know, I, I've been catching stink bugs ever since you, ever since you've been on Sermon Spotlight, Mark, there's been more critters in my life. So I don't know what to Yeah. Um, I hear you. Uh-huh. But, no, I know quarantine's going well for you guys. Pierce was, Pierce was uh, affirming of that. Alicia, how are you and the kiddos? Oh, we're doing well. We're just plugging along. We are really missing our Nana and Papa though. We, yes. Papa visits usually once a month once every six weeks and so that's been hard not getting to see our nan and papa yeah do they try to facetime in or or do what they can to to communicate or no uh, we chat on the phone and okay all of that good yeah. stuff good Text, in touch that way but yeah good nothing awesome. like a face-to-face nan and papa time right right i get that uh we have a papa himself here with us don how are how are things going for you and patty have you been able to to see the grandkids i mean what what has the family life been like for you amidst all the craziness well we have four kids and uh two are out in the central plains one in kansas one in nebraska and then uh, brad and his family are here in stephen city and then uh karen and uh our other daughter karen and her husband dan are in lynchburg so what we do um, every every couple of weeks now, we have Zoomed as an entire family, but when you put all of us together, we have 15 grandkids, so keep wow. them involved and so forth. Uh, it gets, you know, it gets a little bit uh, <laughs> chaotic, but yeah. we uh, we just try to make the best of it. We we go to our, our kids here in Stephen City. We, we, we stand out in their lawn and talk to them, uh, but keep a distance. Uh, we're not so they're more protective of us than uh, anything Brad sure. still was employed with as an electrician in Northern Virginia so he's working with quite a few people yeah so we've, we've kept a, a good physical distance but we we go out on their lawn and talk with them and they're in their front porch and so yeah. we have a little bit of communication and then with the other kids we zoom and good sometimes good. all together and and uh, but we keep in good communication so it's gone all right but we're Good. just uh, functioning fairly normally. I, it's, it's really, as far as ministry is concerned, I'm, I'm finding that not lessening meeting with people. In fact, I think it's increased. Yeah. You know, there's some time savings. For instance, if I would meet, oh, I'd meet, a couple, I mentor a couple of guys, a couple of, of our learning center teachers that I, that I meet with periodically. And, you know, it's just to get up and, click on the zoom and meet together it takes a lot less time than driving to a coffee shop right driving back or whatever be the case so i mean it, it's still best face to face but it, it this has certainly been a good uh fill in the gap thing to have this yeah. yeah i think i even said it a couple weeks ago but i love how this has the potential of stretching us as a church of how we do ministry and and how we get a chance to to continue to interact with each other. You're right. Nothing replaces the face-to-face meeting and the gatherings, but I think we have a lot of um, areas where we can use this time to learn how do we involve the technology to, to further ministry and to do it more effectively. And, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm, I'm no tech guy, which all of you know, but uh, it's forced me to have to learn a few things. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned what I have to have. That, right. I don't go any I just learned what I have to have. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, it's, it's been cool to see. I mean, w- community groups, some of them are now meeting more frequently. 
They are. Um, we're, we're seeing inquiries of people curious about these Zoom meetings and people are, have actually joined community groups because yeah. of the way Zoom has entered into the lives of these homes. So it is interesting to think about now community groups are closer to their neighbors than ever because none of them are leaving their neighbor uh, yeah. to go to community group. Yeah, there's a number of things that have been eliminated as far as that have been somewhat of hurdles. Like one is uh, host getting a host family, you know, who's yeah. willing to clean up the house and have people over and so forth. And and another thing is dealing with uh, with children, you know. And so a lot of that has been, you know, done totally differently. But you'll notice in the uh, service this week, I don't know if it's going to be Mark or who, but there'll be an announcement made. We're inviting people to join um virtual groups so if you're not a part of a community group right you join one now we're going to put you together i'll be leading any uh, startup group uh, there's a few other guys that can lead some startup groups if we have people that respond now we don't want people that to respond if they're already, already in, in one existing group this is right. for people who are not in one but would like to and i think that some people are finding out the necessity of having uh some sort of a community element in their life uh, because this right. has reminded them of what how important it is yeah yeah and how and how hard it can get and that's what's been so good about you know talking about faith and having mark and dennis and now you kind of you know share your thoughts from up front and so don i want to kind of go ahead and come back your way where where were we this weekend let's jump into a little bit of a weekend in review what was what was the passage um you you spoke towards um i'm assuming you did you record saturday midday is that is that when they're saturday morning yes okay yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, so two things, Don. Well, where were we and what did we talk about? And then the other thing I like to ask is what was it like preaching to an empty room? Well, let me answer the second question first. Yeah. Uh, preaching to an empty room. I'm not totally unfamiliar with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually did a radio program for 14 years out in the Midwest. And so I spoke to a wall. Mm -hmm. It was a five, five days a week uh, program. And back in those days, you didn't do it at home. You went to the station you had to get into a special sound booth and <laughs> right. do the recording. So it was a little bit helpful to have that background yeah. uh, because uh, I remember stumbling through that like crazy. Mm. Yet still today, it, uh, it's still not easy for me. Um, I, um, I find it, uh, there's something about being in a live audience that brings energy. And for instance, as an example, I have um, recorded on Zoom my adult learning center class, and then they posted it. Last week, we did it live, and I could tell a remarkable difference mm. in my own sense of freedom and interaction, because you're seeing responses of faces, and you can kind of even pace yourself, because you, you can read whether something was confusing to somebody and you needed to pause and re-explain right. or clarify. That kind of thing is helpful. So, um, but you know, you do the best you can. And yeah. Mark, Mark has mastered it. Uh, we've all commented on that. He seems to have really nailed it down on being able to just look into the camera and <laughs> we can't tell that he's not speaking to a, a live crowd. Yeah. So, but anyway. That's awesome. Uh, back to the first question. Uh, it was Hebrews um, yeah. chapter 11. The reason we went there, um, I, I only preach when um, Mark asked me to, hmm. and for the last, um, oh, I don't know, 
last 10 years, I would say, I've been, we've been here 16 years, but I would say the last 10 years, I think in almost every instance, I've preached passages that Mark has asked me to preach. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't picked them out myself. Um, Mark, Mark and, and little insight on just how it, it works. Um, when Mark has other guys and preaching for, um, either a series, a short series, or just an individual week, he tends to know where our, our heart beats and where our strengths are in terms of study. No, nobody's an expert in everything. Mm. Um, we all kind of narrow down what aspects of even theological studies that we focus our, focus a lot of attention on. Um, there are jacks of all trades, but there, and we try to be that, but we also have areas where we are, are a little more versed in than, um, and so um, I'm just really grateful for the opportunities. I, I love the classroom. Um, I think the classroom remains my, my favorite uh, context to share, but um, I'm grateful for the opportunities to share from the pulpit from time to time. Mark's, you know, Mark, uh, <clears throat> Mark is, um, you got a staff that actually is, in my awareness is unprecedented. I've never heard of a staff of a pastoral staff that has the longevity that ours does. Mm. That's because usually pastors are pretty egotistical and they're hard to work with. And they come to a point where it's just too frustrating to work with them for staff pastors. And Mark hasn't had that, you know, he's got staff pastors that are on for decades mm. and that's because he shares the ministry. He doesn't, he's not in self glorification. Um, he's not out to build his own personal empire. He wants what's best for the people by whoever does it. And he puts, puts people in place. So I really have to commend him for that. That's been, that's been a, a real example to me. Um, so I got to jump in and ask a question because if, if you're saying that certain staff have kind of like different ex areas of expertise, it always seems like that you're falling into the areas of eschatology. So yeah, it's the most kind of your... It's the most yeah. controversial. So Mark sticks me with all yeah. this stuff like it's controversial. So yeah. <laughs> Good. yeah. So I mean, so kind of how no. does that fall into your background and kind of your areas of studies? And, and well, um, eschatology. I would say that the two areas that I probably am, am most has have pursued most is eschatology and soteriology. So you've got the doctrine of last things and then the doctrine of salvation. But the salvation aspect is not just the salvation of eternal life, but the salvation, how the word salvation is used in the New Testament, which mm -hmm. is very, very broad. Uh, it, it extends from eternal life. Sometimes it means physical salvation. Sometimes it means um, uh, the maximizing of one's life for eternal purposes. Mm. And... Um, and the eternal enhancement that that brings. So those are the those are the two. How that comes about, uh, just over time, that evolves that way. Uh, kind of what what really grabs our attention, that kind of thing. So, but this sermon blends the two of those together really the two. well. Well, uh, I, I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds by sharing this. But this is my one podcast. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Unleash it, man. Fire me. Okay. Um, you know, you take, for instance, some of our pastoral staff are, are very strong in um, sanctification. Mm. And that's their, that's the thing that they, identity truths, so forth. Um, Mark particularly is very strong in Pauline literature. Um, I'm, you know, Romans, Galatians particularly, um, Ephesians. 
my bailiwick kind of has been more the general epistles. So Hebrews, the Petrine epistles, Johannine epistles, uh, those have been more my higher focus of attention over the last time. Keep in mind, this is we're talking decades here. We're not talking the last six months or right. 12 months. We're talking about decades that where that has come about. Other guys are really strong in Old Testament. You know, we've got a couple of uh, teachers in our learning center that are, uh, one is Christy Vocal. I mean, remarkable uh, mm. insight into Old Testament scriptures that she has. And, and we've been putting her uh, in class as much as we can. Mm. And she's written a couple of books on it, but her, her thing is that, or, or, or the Feast of Israel, that type of thing. But in their other areas, uh, there's other people that are strong in other areas. And that's just how, that's how it works. You take Bob Leonard. He was here for a number of years. He's moved. But mm. uh, uh, he was real strong in the major prophets of the Old Testament. So you got Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Extremely strong. I mean, seminary level um sure quality of 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 uh, knowledge and and then his ability to present it it's really good really encouraging to the body of christ to have such a unique diversity and giftings and we get to benefit from that so thank you yeah i think that's the one of the benefits the church has of a multi-staff now i pastored rural churches in um the central plains for 22 years before moving here and they got kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, I mean, I, I did Old Testament studies and, and so forth like this, but I, you know, it wasn't like it was my strength. And, uh, but you still, you need to do it because the people need it. They need a balanced diet. Hmm. Whereas in a larger church, you can put, instead of <clears throat> one person doing all of that, you can maneuver things as far as with the people or the, the uh, individuals. Um, to put them in the places to provide that good balance so that people get a good smorgasbord of, of diet. So Alicia and I are in the same community group and we, we review the sermons each week when we meet. Yeah. And, and it's, it's unique because over these last couple of weeks, there have been some really good conversations, especially about soteriology and the meaning of saved. And, and the week before when Dennis preached, it seemed like that our, our group was gravitating more towards his comments on kind of that momentary faith that instant faith for salvation and justification. And here I kind of felt that your sermon was going more towards the life of faith. And you know, it, it, the, the word saved didn't really come up that much, but the idea of faith um, did come up, you know, especially how it comes to Abraham. And so I don't know, maybe you can speak to that real quick of kind of the, the differences of kind of that momentary faith, because there was not confusion in our group, but definitely conversations of where Dennis's sermon went. And, and he talked about that in the podcast last week. But then this week of kind of the, that life of faith and, and how that plays out, especially with Abraham as a role. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, Paul says in, in Colossians 1, as you have received Christ as Lord, so walk in him. And you receive him by faith, and then you walk with him day to day by faith. Mm. And um, the momentary faith, um, the theology of that is well-rooted in Romans uh, with uh, Genesis 15, 6 as being the key passage that Paul quotes uh, about Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's what justification means. Um, we find in the Gospel of John 
John is a very unique book, and he makes it clear that it is. He's, he's one of the two New Testament books that gives a very clear thematic statement. And a thematic statement is where the author says, this is why I wrote the book. So there's no question about it. What is the theme of other books? You have to determine that by its context um, and, and contents, uh, repetitive words, so forth. You look for those things to determine what was the main golden thread message of that particular book. In John, he makes it very clear that you might believe that he's the Christ, and that by believing you might have life in his name. So these are the signs that, I, that these things he did in order that we might have life and have life in his name. John makes it very clear about the momentary aspect of how to have eternal life. And that is, he gives the illustration of Moses and the serpent in the wilderness. Um, as he was lifted up, so too. Whoever serpent believed, reference. There you go, Caleb. Yeah. Right. Told you. Told you. <laughs> there you go, Caleb. <clears throat> so anyway, you have, you look back at the story, one look at, the, at that serpent healed the person that had been mm. bitten by the, by the serpent. Um, you have Jesus saying one drink to the woman and you'll never thirst again. Um, so you have a theology of that momentary faith for eternal life. But then obviously in the New Testament and even in John itself, um, you have then um, that life of faith. John in Johannine writings in his, both his epistles and in the gospel, but in the epistles, he, he uses the word walk a lot, uh, if we walk in the light. Um, he has the imagery of, of, a, of a fellowship, just like you would go out for a walk with your friend or your spouse. You're engaging in conversation. You're, you're, it's very, very relational. And that's how, that's how uh, John depicts the Christian life. Hebrews is the one that emphasizes the issue of the faith element of the day-to-day -day faith. By faith, especially when we get in chapter 11. Obviously, right. he defines faith, and then he gives all these examples of where faith was exercised. And so every day we live in faith in various ways, how we are in a process of trusting God. We trust God for various things throughout the day. And in Romans, as Mark primarily, Dennis some, but Mark primarily will be sharing, especially now that they've moved into, he's moved into the sanctification portion of the, of the book. It's going to be by, by not a matter of self-effort, by a matter of trusting God for interchange through, now we cooperate with that. He's going to explain that by the mind of Christ, that we put our mind on the things of Christ and how we put the mind, our minds on the things of Christ and so forth. But we're walking in faith, trusting God to change us, not through just sucking it up and trying harder. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have that moment of faith in which you become God's child, and that then launches you into a life of faith. And the word salvation is used for both. Um, when you have that moment of faith, you are saved from eternal damnation. We're saved from eternal, eternal hell. Uh, the eternal lake of fire. We are saved or delivered from that. As we learn to walk in faith, we are saved from more than that. We're saved from the power of sin. Sin wants to overcome us. Every day is a day of temptation for us. Sin's always knocking at our door, attitudinally, behaviorally, whatever be the case. And we need salvation from that. And then in the future, 
um, there's a salvation that awaits in the terms of the fact that what aspects of our life that were invested in eternity will then be preserved into eternity through um, eternal reward. So I was saved. Every day I'm being saved, or I can, I can access that salvation. So in the future, I can be saved. So that word salvation is very broad. And we always have to ask ourselves when we read the Bible and see the word salvation or saved, ask ourselves a question, what am I being saved from in right. this passage? Well, I think that's that's what's so good about the way you you know you Dennis and Mark specifically have tackled it. I love the way Hebrews eleven lays it out by faith. All these different things happen, and I think it's groundbreaking for a Christian to realize just because sin can't kill you anymore doesn't mean it can't hurt. We can still be saved from these things. And so a few things that stood out to me, Don, as you kind of talked about the faith of Abraham, um, and this is just some of the language you used, uh, went from the familiar to the unfamiliar. Uh, by faith went from the comfortable to the uncomfortable, and then from the present to the eternal. And, and I think that's huge, uh, not only just for the sermon, but also for this day and age, for, for what we're living. Uh, and so a question I had for Dennis last week that I, ha- I kind of have the similar one for you. Um, in, in your sermon preparation specifically, has everything that has happened in the last couple of weeks, did that change a little bit of your of your sermon outline or what you wanted to hit on because i feel like the the, this sermon is always relevant but i feel like it specifically hit home of how are we going to walk by faith in a global pandemic Mm -hmm. yeah it's good i think that the pandemic obviously uh is is obviously it's relevant and it's current but the principles of of what we saw in abraham's life there are certainly applicable they're applicable in a number of contexts um, you know, when God had, you know, Abraham believed God, obviously, and he was justified. Mm-hmm. But then in his obedience by going to the land of Canaan and um, leaving the comforts of Ur and leaving the, uh, the luxury of probably the most prosperous city of the ancient Near East, mm-hmm. and then moving to dwell in tents and, um, and to follow God's um, call as he would be um, launched, you know, he would be used by, by God to begin this nation by which the seed of the woman would now come through. Mm. The seed of the woman is the theme through Genesis. You know, you've got from Genesis when man fell into sin and the promise of the seed of the woman, which is fulfilled in Christ, you see the flow and how it gets narrowed down and it gets narrowed down now to a nation. And that's where Abraham comes in. And then through that nation, all the world will be blessed because that's where this seed of the woman will come from. And Abraham in his journey of this, um, you know, is, um, is, is an example to us set forth by the author of Hebrews that um, we are part of that journey in the sense that we are um, used by God to spread that message of the seed of the woman of Jesus Christ. And so we engage in that same journey. And that journey is a journey by which God is calling us, he's maturing us, he's growing us, but he's also using us. And so he puts us, um, he, he takes us, if it's comfortable, I mean, we all kind of just sit put and enjoy the comfort. Right. Um, when he pulls us out of that comfort zone, he's bringing us in, into new arenas that we would not go into on our own. Hmm. And uh, for instance, in this pandemic, um, there are 
ministry opportunities that are opening up for people, various with family and with with neighbors, mm. with needy people. Um, we're, we're engaging in ministries that um, I think if the time would allow that the people of FBC alone could testify of what has opened to them that they may not have pursued on their own. But some of these areas are uncomfortable for us. Um, but we, we were, were brought into them through this pandemic. Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, Alicia, Mark, I want to come your way real quickly. I mean, what stood out to you guys uh, from the sermon before we jump into a little bit of a, a church life response and, and look, look ahead? Um, for me, the, I love how you incorporated John in with the Hebrews. And in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, you highlighted, which says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And that was the night before Jesus was crucified. And he was looking forward to a city whose builder and maker was God. And I also thought about Abraham, the promise that his, his children would be as many as the sand on the shore and stars in the sky. And we are Abraham's children. And that promise is ours. And Jesus is, you know, he's so big and he's so good that he is forward thinking for us and he's preparing a place for us. And um, there's, I mentioned this in small group, there's, you know, there are so many of Abraham's children and there are going to be so many of those rooms for us. And it just gives us something to look forward to um, while we're here to know that there are promises to come and we are going to be with him one day. Uh, and it just brought my heart a lot of joy and um, hope hmm. for now and for the future. Well, and that's what's so cool about Don diving into, okay, faith in God's promises, which means we have to look at what, what he's told us, you know, what, what he has said, that knowledge that, that, that comes from that. Um, and the opportunity we have to be saved from, from like Don said, the day-to-day. that -day. Um, speaks to the importance of preaching the gospel every day, yes, but also increasing our awareness and knowledge of what God has called us to do and who we are. I think, that, I think that's huge. Mark, uh, what, what stood out to you uh, from this past weekend? Very similar to what you guys both just said, but essentially for me, the, it was a light bulb moment, you know, where you're thinking of kind of what a life of faith and, and how you think of the stories of where Abraham went and his journey of faith mm -hmm. and um, leading, you know, to, to the bringing his son Isaac to the altar, which we'll probably get to this coming um, Sunday for Easter. Mark's going to preach on that, I believe. But that life of faith, mm -hmm. my light bulb moment was, was it's all these people are looking forward to promises. What, what were God's promises? And they're trusting and believing in that. And, and Don, you know, I don't know if you read this or not, but verse one of Hebrews 11 is now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And, and what is the biggest promise that God has given us? And that is a, a life with him. 
eternal life. Um, and, and so to, to have that hope, to have that future for us today, looking forward to that new Jerusalem, looking forward to that, that eternal life in glory with him, um, that's, that's the light bulb moment for me to kind of say, you know, we kind of get stuck in the rut of the day-to-day -day routine of these tiny little moments of faith. You know, God, you know, I trust that you're going to provide for me and my family. And I'm there to trust and have faith, you know, to keep me healthy. And, and you have all these things that are momentary here in this world, which is temporary. And here God is calling us to have this life of faith and this promise that can be fulfilled with the resurrection. And that that is that is the biggest hope which so now and then when i see don happier sermon is reading the book of revelation and those passages pointing us to that hope it it makes sense to, to see that's why you went there because that's one of the biggest hopes that we have so i don't know if that was your thought process or not but that was a great moment for me to kind of talk that through oh, great and yeah don one one question i have yeah go ahead okay. Go ahead, Don. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, Don, is prophecy and eschatology, uh, obviously those are, those are topics you're, you're familiar with and have taught through. I mean, are they, are they important for helping clarify our faith, especially if we, if we understand what's to come and understand what the Lord has said? They really are, and I'm glad you asked that because that's actually kind of where I wanted to go with um, some comments here briefly. Yeah. You know, Mark's, uh, Mark's background there with Jerusalem, Jerusalem is no heavenly city today. It's loud, it's noisy, and et cetera. But he's actually, that background is a picture taken from the top, top of the Mount of Olives. And um, it's on that mountain where Jesus gave his Olivet Discourse. And uh, that's his longest uh, teaching on the subject of prophecy that we have recorded in the scriptures. And as I've mentioned before in sermons, the Old Testament, particularly Daniel and the book of Revelation, are not able to be reconciled apart from that Olivet Discourse. That Olivet Discourse serves as a bridge between mm -hmm. those two. But I want to just share with you that I think, too, that one of the things that the study of eschatology does is it helps bring, and let me explain what I mean by this, but the physicality of it all. And that's that we're not dealing with, I think when we think of going to heaven and and all this and that, we think of clouds and harps and floating around, and it becomes very difficult to get your arms around it. But our future is not that. Our future is on an earth, and it's on, for a thousand years, it'll be on this earth that gets recreated, and then for eternity on a brand new earth. That is, um, it's very physical. For instance, um, you know, about the, the city that, um, whose builder makers God, the New Jerusalem. You know, it's interesting that we're told the, the actual dimensions of it. So the, the, it's a cube is what it is. So it's width, height, and length are all the same. And it's about 1,500 miles. That's from here to Denver. Hmm. That's the size of that thing, Go, not just going out, but going up. And so when Jesus said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places, <laughs> it's hard to, but, but yet there, it's a physical city that will be coming down out of heaven. and. Um, why is prophecy important? I think we have to realize that when things get rough, mm. um, then the more details we know, actually the more stability I think it brings in our lives. Um, you know, um, Paul says in, in his teaching on the rapture, he says, comfort one another with these words. Well, I know several widows right now at FBC that are friends of ours. 
they can't wait. They love hearing about the rapture because it tells them that they'll not only get to see Jesus, they're going to get to see their sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And it brings tears to other eyes because it, the reality of, of the future to them. And um, so bringing, it brings stability. It brings um, a physicality to it. For instance, um, the, I don't, I, I've studied this, the millennial kingdom a, a fair amount during my lifetime. And, and I think about, I think about the contrast between the millennial kingdom on this earth and what we are experiencing in terms of leadership, <laughs> in terms of justice, mm-hmm. in terms of physical beauty. We get a touch of it now, especially in the spring. We get a touch of it now, but we're going to give it it's in its full glory then. And so I'm, I'm making these comparisons to my mind that through the study of eschatology, it's just something that is like, this, I can't wait. And it, it brings a stability in faith so and i wanted to also mention one thing i did i wanted to say this in the sermon it's one of those things where you say rats i forgot that one and you don't get a that's what this podcast is for yeah you don't saturday night you kind of kind of do a saturday night service then you realize what you forgot and you can bring it in sunday morning but there's no second chance on this time (laughs) um very clear distinction in second timothy four Paul says that it's on the eve of his execution. He's about to be decapitated. Mm-hmm. And he says, there lays up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to me, but not to me only, but to also to all who have loved his appearing. So those who are longing for the, the, the eternal state and, and longing for the renewal with Christ and all the things that that will involve with you know, after the rapture. But then in the same context, he speaks about Demas. And he says, Demas left me. He went to Thessalonica because he loved this present world. So you have Paul who's loving the world to come. You have Demas who loves the present world. Demas was undoubtedly a Christian. He served with Paul for a good long time in missionary journeys. But he had a spiritual departure because he got his eyes off the future. And that's why prophecy is important to study for believers. That's why Mark Carey wants it taught in our church, because it helps keep us on course in faith. Because once you get your eyes off of the future, the temporal becomes, the present becomes overwhelming, and it pulls you out. I love the passage in 2 Corinthians. Um, it's verse uh, chapter 5 starting at verse six. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord for, sorry, uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And I just love how he encourages us to be of good courage, whether we're here, you know, away from him or there with him. And that, that um, in talking about this coronavirus and all of that, we, we don't have to waste this time. We can be encouraged. We can be delighting in him. We can be knowing him deeper. We can be um, taking these opportunities to love others, to share that love that we've been given with others through this time. Um, so it's, 
it's just neat to know that by the spirit he is with us and he's he's encouraging encouraging us to be of good courage in good courage mm -hmm. yeah and we're all one body of christ as well and so we're, we have this common goal and to hear you know scott mcmanigle start the worship time that we had by just sharing and praying for his connections with believers around the world and the faith walk that they're going through that is even more difficult than us uh, it's it's encouraging but it's also it's so, it's sobering at the same time to recognize okay we you know we think we're going through this miserable crisis and there's people who are laughing at the idea of a virus because they've gone through so many more difficult things and so to have that connection and to have our church um, kind of allow kind of that conversation to happen within the worship time and have Scott McVanagle, who mm. is connected with all these guys around the world to, to pray for them and to allow our body to pray with them at the same time that we are walking by faith and that we, you know, we can look to the future, you know, to be um, in the verse Alicia just read, to have that hope, um, is encouraging, I think, to to know that okay, this is a this is a tough situation for a lot of us right now. But you know what, things are going to be way much better, and this is all temporary. And 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 I just I love to kind of think that we're all connected to the body of Christ globally as well as just in this tiny little community. Yeah, no, that's really good. One one last thing before I kind of send us into an outro here, Alicia, I like what you said about you bring up that quote of walking by faith, not by sight. And that's something I've thought about just as a quote over the last couple of days. I bet, I bet to an unbeliever, that quote suggests blindness. I, I think it, it suggests foolishness. What does that even mean, walk by faith, not by sight? But, what, but we see through these sermons, through everything Don brought out of the scripture this past weekend, I once was blind, but now I see. This, this by faith walk is not a dumb, blind walk. It is actually a very clear confident picture of what the Lord has already done, what, what he's doing and what he will do. So I think that's, I think that's huge. I think it helps break down the, the worrisome barriers that are being popped up by quarantine, you know, by public policy. I mean, change, things are changing by the day, by the hour. Uh, but thank the sweet Lord that the scripture is not, uh, and our opportunity to connect over it is not. So I think that's really good. Uh, Don, one last thing. I mean, what, what can we point people towards to encourage them? Are, are we putting out ALC content? I mean, what are ways in which people can, can connect um, from church? Well, yeah, for sure. Go to the website and look yeah. at all the options there we have on the website with, um, you know, with obviously the worship services. It's not just the sermon, but the entire service. Mm -hmm. And um, to plug into that, and of course, uh, classes are available. And People are, the community groups, of course, are meeting, and if you're not a part of a group um, and like to be a part of one now, we want to make that opportunity available. We can do everything we can to, to bring that together. Yeah. The classes are online. Uh, not all the classes are. Some of the classes have chosen not to uh, okay. pursue, just to hold off until we get back together. Uh, other classes are more, um, more suitable to be recorded and uh, put online, that type of thing. So those are available as well. Awesome. And I'll just also share, so just a couple of things coming up, you know, this yeah. is Holy Week, you know, and, and so hopefully during the course of you being with your family that you can think on, you know, the, the life that Christ led leading up to his death and resurrection, but we're going to have a, an online Good Friday service that'll be posted by Friday morning that you can log on to the exact same, just homepage of fbcva.life um, to, to view and um, engage in worship with your families that way. Then obviously there's Easter 
Um, and then, you know, I've also getting wind that the the women of fellowship um, and having this different discipleship groups in a couple of weeks, they're looking to to release a couple of different videos of just some devotionals, just 10, 15 minute devotionals that they're going to post um, and then have some some Zoom chat discussion times about that. So that's going to be another way to, to stay connected with the body for, for you awesome. ladies out there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Even uh, JVD, Pastor John, in our last meeting uh, for all staff meetings said, you know, we're, we're cranking out 10 plus hours of content a week as a church to get online, get in the, get in the homes of our people. So that's, it's super awesome to see. Um, Don, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, it. Pleasure to have you. I don't know when we'll see you in the, in the pulpit again, but you can look forward to look forward to another invite when that happens. Well, it was fun to be with you. Thanks yeah, for, thanks absolutely. for having me. Absolutely. Mark, Alicia, thank you guys. Uh, be Absolutely. safe out there. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Mm -hmm.